2019, there was a special doodle to commemorate the 50th anniversary of the Apollo 11 moon landing, which I th think is also really cool. Also my birthday. Oh, nice. On Apollo 11's landing? That's cool. No, just kidding. That. It wasn't. It was Apollo, Apollo 1's moon landing, not Apollo oh. 11. Actually, no, Apollo 11 was <laughs> the moon landing. Yeah, no. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. It is my birthday. Sorry. Now I'm lying. Now I'm lying to the entire audience. On the show, <laughs> on today's episode, Mike forgets his birthday. Hey guys, welcome to Product Explained, a show where we talk about products and the company's history and strategy behind them. I'm your first host, Jeff Lee. And I'm your co-host, Michael Kazarin. Jeff, do you remember the last Google Doodle that you saw? Um, I think I recently saw one for the Winter Olympics. Pepperidge Farm remembers. <laughs> Today's show, we're talking about Google Doodle, a fun temporary alteration of the logo on Google homepages. So what is Google Doodle? It's exactly what Jeff said. The official uh, note from Google on what it is, is it's a special temporary alteration of Google's logo on Google's homepages intended to commemorate holidays, events, achievements, notable historical fi figures of particular countries. I think for this episode, I wanted to chat a little bit about like search and internet search. And so you know, at its mm -hmm. core, all of us are familiar with Google as a search engine. And to frame this episode, I wanted to talk through like the marketing funnel, which might provide a good framework for the relevance and why a search engine is important and, you know, where the dollar is actually. Some, some of our users might not be familiar with what the marketing funnel is, but I think of the mm -hmm. marketing funnel as the customer journey prior to buying something. So, you know, we've all bought something in our life. So at the very top of the funnel, which is the biggest part, it's awareness. So this is called top of funnel or upper funnel. Um, the goal of any marketing activities here is really just to drive marketing awareness. And, you know, a customer here in this situation just might not have any idea that you actually have a need. They literally just need to be made aware that the product exists. So yep. think about you like, you know, getting a Super Bowl ad. And so that is probably one of the best forms of awareness marketing where you're just like, hey, like, here is this concept, this brand, this product that we want you to try. Like, I think Jeff and our Super Bowl ads, <laughs> you talked about like, Doritos 3D, and I, I think about mm -hmm. that more than I should over the past like few few weeks. <clears throat> but that I've had this weird aversion to like Matthew McConaughey recently because of that. I don't know. Like, <laughs> I used to be like, oh, he's kind of cool, you know. All right, all right, all right. And then now recently, I'm like, man, that commercial was really weird. <laughs> it's, like, exactly. Really turned me off. And it's just affecting Salesforce in your mind too because he just did the Salesforce Super yeah, Bowl yeah, ad, yeah. like the whole thing. But that that's upper funnel marketing and like the marketing funnel is literally just a funnel so it's an upside down triangle with like the biggest part at the top and so at the very bottom of the funnel is customers that are ready to purchase so at the bottom of the funnel a good example of like lower funnel marketing would be a search engine so you using google search is a way for customers to navigate this funnel and really find things that they want to purchase so it's interesting where like google can a google search can be both upper funnel like if you have no idea what you want so you can just type mm -hmm. in some Something of like, hey, like I have this problem, and then you'll type in the problem, and then you'll start to find companies, which would be like mid funnel, and then you start to find like the lower funnel of the actual product that you want to buy. So Google kind of owns, and Google search rather owns kind of the full funnel, which is interesting. So mm -hmm. it's really interesting and really novel that something that we've seen just recently since Google's been around for twenty five years or so, and it's just really fascinating how things have changed. But Looking at Google's search rankings, you know, the higher up something that appears in search, the more likely customers are going to click it. And I know that, you know, companies will spend thousands of dollars on 
keywords. Uh, if you want to, you know, own a certain keyword and you're not that company, it's going to be much more expensive. I know I always reference like Jeff and I, when you used to work for Autodesk and our, our software days. And I remember some conversation where we wanted to just have some sort of placement on Google search when someone, basically our product would be the first one that popped in, it just being extremely expensive. And then I remember our marketing team saying, Hey, like, don't show people this or don't click this because it's like super expensive and like, it's going to throw off our ROIs, but and all that. But um, I don't know if you remember that conversation too, Jeff, or maybe it's just me having crazy memories. I don't remember the specific conversation about like dollars and cents, but I, you know, in general, I know that this is a kind of a cutthroat tactic in marketing where you know if you search for let's say uber um lyft might come up as like one of the top search results because they're a competitor and they're trying to steal away from that upper funnel you might be thinking about how do i get a ride from a to b you might not have picked a company yet so you kind of look at okay well what are, what ride share companies are out there and you might see both uber and lyft and at some point you choose to kind of go down one path or the other you know you might even find companies like lyft in this example trying to steal away from someone else's funnel into their own funnel um, then you go down to like, okay, once you've chosen a company, what kind of ride do you pick? Once you pick that ride, you might you know do more specifics like select a time or a type of ride. Is it a black car? Is it a carpool car? You know, what type of service do you get? And then and then you do the final thing, which is like purchase or do the, some sort of final action like sign up, et cetera. The basic premise is that you're getting people to do the next thing and there's less people doing the next thing than did the last thing. <laughs> so kind of like an abstract way of explaining the funnel, but I think we probably... Totally. Explained this <laughs> totally. Overexplained by product explained. Yeah. <laughs> no, but um, so just talking through the business model of, of what they said, we, we kind of hit this on talking about like prioritization. It's this, the business model of search is really just getting customers to a user engine because you're it's, it's an eyeball play where you just want to have as many eyeballs using the software as possible. And then in terms of the back end, these companies are paying for ads to increase the ranking or you get a sponsored ad in mm-hmm. like your Uber Lyft example where companies are actually paying for that top tier placement just because it's it's the first thing that you see when you when you search for Google. So that's the business model of you know Google search in a nutshell. And for Google Doodle, it's just another it feels like to me at least a brand play of Google, where it's just, hey, like Google's fun, Google's this like very light. And people sometimes talk about like the Google Doodle of the day, if it's like Women's History Month or Black History Month or certain events. I think Susan B. Anthony had one recently. And so it kind of it's keeps, you know, the search engine relevant and people going to search and, and keep searching. So it's really just, you know, Google's way of marketing. Like it's almost like their upper funnel marketing for like the whole funnel that we talked about to, to bring it all home. But that's essentially the, the business model of why a company like Google would do a Google Doodle. Yeah. And I guess like before I dive into the history, one other thing to think about, and I've kind of mentioned this before, I think in our Slack episode is information becomes more, one more difficult to kind of parse as you go on through time, obviously, because there's not just information at one point in time, but then you have to look at everything historically. But information as an archive becomes more valuable as time goes on just in general. And I think that's part of why Google Doodle is is a thing. Like it shows people that like, hey, not only are you able to find stuff that's relevant to today, but you're able to search back through the archives of history, Google or otherwise, and use Google as like kind of a a, a persisting encyclopedia, if you will. I don't know how to explain it, but basically like... All the world's information is in some way, shape, or form, maybe not all of it, but like everything that isn't in dark web is like (laughs) in some way, shape, or form, you know, persisted and indexed on Google. And that is a very powerful thing. So I think it's kind of Google's way of saying like information is power, Mm -hmm. use Google to kind of access that information. 
And then you can obviously use it to circle back or link back to things that happened in previous times or whatever um, to kind of give you some sense of history. It's almost like a history lesson. Totally that. And on that same point, like, you know, it's super topical, like, of the information you can get just by purely the amount of volume and the timing of Google searches. Like, for example, you know, it's March of 2022 and Russia has invaded Ukraine and it's just a, a massive humanitarian crisis. And so... I think I saw it on Reddit where there's a post of like the number of people trying to leave Russia, the search for like visa or search for like long-term visa and exit mm-hmm. has just massively spiked over the past like week because Russians yeah. are afraid that, you know, their economy is going to collapse and they, they want to leave Russia. So it's, it's, it's really interesting how it's like this snapshot in history and, you know, to dive even deeper into that, I'm reading a book right now called Cryptonomicon, which is really interesting in the three quarters through the book, like one of the theses that the main character has, or one of the main characters has is, is exactly that. It's like, Hey, just the sheer amount of information that's happening. And we don't know what the messages are, but we know the volume of messages that are being sent and when mm-hmm. and where they're being sent from. So we can actually triangulate a lot of like strategy from that and understand and kind of grok like the meta point of what the whole entire organization system is doing so i think it is like extremely valuable from a data perspective too that we didn't really hit on on the business the business model shifting gears a little bit and i think this episode is mainly meant to be fun but <laughs> um but also like you know google is this behemoth of data is like it's just always interesting to chat about and i think we'll probably dive into more of other parts of google in future episodes let's chat about the history of the product which is ironic because we talked about history in context of google but The first Google Doodle came out in 1998, and it was intended to celebrate Burning Man. If you have ever visited the Bay Area, there's this like almost a pilgrimage that people make to Burning (laughs) Man. Like a lot of people that work in tech. I know back at Autodesk, there was like the offices were always empty around Burning Man because a lot of the the employees like to go. And I think Autodesk had a pretty big presence. Like they would build floats and other exhibits and stuff like that, which is really cool. But this is actually intended by Larry Page and Sergey Brin's. It was basically their way to notify users that they were out of office. Like that's hilarious. And so, um, what I what I read about this was, it was their way of saying, "Hey, we're out of office. We're at Burning Man, and in case the servers go down, we won't be back to fix them until we're back." <laughs> So that's kind of like their way to telegraph or just kind of like give some sort of like message instead of like sending an email to everyone that uses Google, which they couldn't even do because you didn't have to sign up to use Google search and you still don't. It was just their way of being like, hey, you know, FYI, this thing's happening. That's hilarious. Yeah. (laughs) That's so tech too. It's like, hey, we're going to Burning Man. Don't It's almost like an Easter egg. Yeah. I think that's the thing about Google Doodles is they've been, they had this like Easter egg type I don't know, like following or feel to them over time. And I'm going to jump into a couple other other examples about other Easter eggy Google Doodles in the past. So they had a contractor that designed the Google Doodles from 1998 to 2001, which I think is pretty surprising. Yeah. Instead of having some full-time person. In around 2001, they actually asked their public relations person, Dennis Wong, to officially you know design a logo for Bastille Day. And I think that was kind of like the end of having a contractor do it. Since then, Google has an actual dedicated team of doodlers who organize and publish the doodles, which I think is an awesome job. Um, (laughs) Amazing. Yeah, right? Like, I think that's a really cool, like, what do you do? Like, oh, yeah, I designed the periodic, you know, redesigns of the Google logo and the search homepages. Imagine explaining Um, that to your parents, you know, (laughs) you know, just to being like, you know, I mean, mom, dad, like, I just draw pictures and I make the I make the Google search. 
I don't think anyone's going to ever understand what their kids do. I mean, like, <laughs> exactly. today, when you're like, hey, mom and dad, I dance on TikTok and I make millions, then you're like, well, if you're happy. So in 2010, <laughs> the first animated doodle was created, and it was created of Sir Isaac Newton, which is I thought was really cool. Um, the first interactive doodle was shortly after that, um, and they did one with Pac-Man. So I think if you actually clicked on the logo, you could, like, play a mini game of Pac-Man, which is really awesome. Over the years, they've obviously done a little bit more of like the interactive stuff and mini games and stuff like that. One other example of this is if you ever can't reach Google search, I think it's when your internet goes down, um, uh, you yep. can play this like mini game with a dinosaur. Yep. And this is also another Easter egg that Google has. So yeah, I think it's like really cool that they do a lot of these little things that uh, make the product fun. In 2019, the Doodlers team had created over 4,000 Doodles for Google homepages around the world. So that's another thing that I forgot to mention is that people usually think about Google.com, but they also have Google.EnterInYourOwnCountry code or whatever, Google.ca <laughs> or whatever, and then you'll have like more regional versions of Google Doodles that's more relevant to you because, you know, history is contextual sometimes. Um, so some notable Doodles uh, throughout the years, I just kind of cherry picked a couple interesting ones. In 2011, there was an interactive electric guitar doodle to celebrate the would-be birthday of Les Paul. He would have been 96 that year. In 2013, the Google logo changed to a playable Doctor Who game to honor the show's 50th anniversary, Amazing. which I also thought was crazy. Like, I guess like it came out in 1960 or so. I didn't realize it was that old. I hate those um, facts where it's like, you know, like whatever is like 1990 and today is like the same distance of like 1990 to like, you know, World War II. You're like, no, yeah, like this like, is crazy. Wow. Yeah. In 2016, to celebrate the Summer Olympics, the Google app received an update and they had these seven mini games and they called them doodle fruit games and they had strawberry, blueberry, coconut, and pineapple, basically oh, different yeah. fruit teams. I remember this. I think they still do that now, but I don't remember playing those games, but yeah, some people remember playing those games. And I think over time, like each fruit team like garnered medals. Yeah. So it's kind of like this collaborative competition across the world. In 2019, there was a special doodle to commemorate the 50th anniversary of the Apollo 11 moon landing, which I th thought, think is also really cool. Also my birthday. Oh, nice. On Apollo 11's landing? That's cool. No, just kidding. It wasn't. It was Apollo, Apollo 1's moon landing, not Apollo oh. 11. Actually, no, Apollo 11 <laughs> was the moon landing. Yeah, no. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. It is my birthday. Sorry. Now I'm lying. <laughs> now I'm lying to the entire audience. On the show, <laughs> on today's episode, Mike forgets his birthday. Um, <laughs> no, I forgot the Apollo missions. <laughs> in 2022, uh, they were celebrating Betty White's would-be 100th birthday with rose petals falling from atop the screen and the phrase, thank you for being a friend. Both references were from Betty White's popular TV role on The Golden Girls. And Betty White recently passed away. So um, that was also really topical. But yeah, just like a couple snapshots of different Google doodles throughout the years. I think there's a lot for different Independence Days. There's usually one for common holidays like Thanksgiving, Christmas, New Year's, etc. And then some small like factoids of, hey, on this day in history kind of doodles. Totally. I love that. And definitely takes me down memory lane. Like I remember these doodles and, you know, Jeff, you and I were talking about before the episode started of like, you know, do you remember previous Google doodles? And I feel like they're not as pertinent today or maybe not as mainstream today because it's more mobile based, you know, it's like much more people are searching yeah. from their phones to find things or maybe even searching through voice, which is like a whole different funnel conversation. <laughs> but, mm -hmm. um, you know, back in our day, you know, but no, back in like undergrad, you know, 2007 to 2011, 12, it was 
really cool to just like see that, you know, Google.com and you go there and like, it almost felt like like TV in the forties or TV in the fifties where everyone saw that specific episode of whatever that was on television. Yeah. And same thing for yeah. Google is like everyone saw that Google doodle. So it's just funny. And, you know, we can talk about who Google doodle is for. And, you know, like I said, it's a brand play. So really it's for everyone. It's really just to help start to build that brand equity for Google to, you know, resonate as fun or playful. And it definitely funny how it sound out where it's really just an out of office <laughs> message for um, Larry and Sergey. But uh, I think uh, there's a really good article that I won't dive into by um, Stratechery, which is an awesome blog post that just talks and breaks down, you know, in depth of like, they're like, you know, two and a half, three pages. This guy, Ben Thompson is a fantastic writer, just dives into the strategy behind, you know, specific things. And so he has an article from February of 2022 that just breaks down, you know, digital advertising in 2022, where he talks about some of the big tech companies and how, you know, over the years, you know, Google, Facebook, Twitter, Yelp have kind of like managed different parts of the funnel and how much revenue that they've had. So it's really kind of interesting how like whoever owns that lower funnel is really able to just own a ton of that revenue. And so, you know, Google has owned that (laughs) revenue for, pretty much the entire graph that he shows here. But, you know, one of the newcomers to this space is is Amazon, where Amazon actually made it on their recent financial statements and financial 10K, they actually listed their ad revenue as a whole. And it was something like, Mm. I think $10 billion. I'm going to blank on it, but it was the first, yeah, $9.7 billion. Um, which pretty is close. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> You're pretty close to remembering that off the top of your head. You weren't that far off. <laughs> we'll take that. So, I mean, d- just to give you like an idea of like, and that's quarterly ad advertising revenue. So it's just insane numbers. And, yeah. you know, but that was the first time that they did that, which already put them ahead of like, you know, Twitter and, and Pinterest and, you know, already starts starting to look at like, you know, Facebook's ad revenue is 32.6 billion. Google's is 61.2 billion in a quarter. So just shows you like whoever owns that lower funnel is, is crazy. And, and what Ben was saying in this article is that, you know, Amazon owns Amazon.com search. And so a lot of people actually go to Amazon.com to, to search and, and find things as opposed to like Google search. So it's kind of like that, that tension there of like, hey, if in, I think where Amazon has an advantage over Google is that their Amazon search engine is built into the website that you can buy things from where Google's isn't necessarily, I mean, they do have a, um, you know, shop tab, a sh- yeah, exactly. Tab. Yeah, but. Yeah, I think Google is like definitely more spread out across. It's like less focused search where, you know, when you go to Amazon.com, you already have the intent of I'm trying to buy something. So you're already like a more niche subset of the potential group of searchers, whereas Google could be like anybody. Like if you were to search Q-tips, you might be like, (laughs) okay, well, do I need to know Q-tips because I want to know about the history of Q-tips? Do I need to buy Q-tips to clean my phone, clean my ears? arts and crafts like what is that reason you know you might not need to buy q-tips but you might just be interested in learning about q-tips whereas amazon is like purely about the buying portion so you're already like a subset of the greater group of potential people searching for something like q-tips but yeah totally different funnel i like how you mentioned that google doesn't necessarily dominate i mean obviously they're dominating search in general but they're not the only way to search or get information today and i think that's part of the I guess like ecosystem of sharing. So today you might get, you know, linked to a piece of news from Google or it could be from Twitter or somebody could have shared it with you or you saw something posted on Instagram or TikTok or it could be a number of different reasons, even on Facebook, right? So this is where it gets really interesting in that there's this very, I guess, like thick web of different connections and entry points to the same 
bit of content mm-hmm. just from different areas. So I think this is where maybe there's less eyeballs in Google Doodle or less people that could have possibly seen Google Doodle uh, because, you know, less people are starting with Google as their primary and only search entry point. Let's move on to competitors really quickly, like really, really quickly, because there's <laughs> not that I can think of. Yeah, Google Doodle is really interesting. It's like an Easter egg um, specifically for search. And I can't think of any other like search type, I don't know, companies that do something like this. The thing that comes closest to me is I think that you might sometimes get these little Easter eggs or topical things in other forms of media. For mm-hmm. example, like New York Times does a crossword puzzle and they might have like a very topical, interesting New York Times answer for one particular uh, iteration of their daily crossword puzzle. Or sometimes there's that like really iconic question on Jeopardy or something like that that's also really topical. So I don't know, sometimes you get stuff like that, but Google Doodle just feels really unique. So I can't really say that there's any real competitors to it. And because it's not really like a business in and of itself, it's also hard to like call something else like a competitor or some sort of a similar concept. Exactly. I, I, I don't even know if like DuckDuckGo does a custom web page or like any, or Bing, yeah. like, but I don't know who uses Bing and who uses DuckDuckGo. Although like I've heard that DuckDuckGo is seeing increasing like market segment share, but mm. I don't have any of the, the numbers top of mind. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Let's jump into our thoughts. I think this one's really hard for me because Google Doodle's purpose is simply to be fun Mm -hmm. uh, and like maybe a little bit of fact sharing. It's like it's not for knowledge seekers, right? It's not like people are like, what is going to be the Google Doodle today? And like, what is it going to teach me? Because it doesn't happen every day. So it's not like they would expect it. But I think it's purely just like, hey, this is a fun little factoid. It's not for anything more than that. Maybe it is for brand building. Um, This one's going to be really hard for me to rate and score because I really can't really compare it to anything else. But I think overall, I'll just give it like a flat 4.0. I I like the concept of Google Doodle. I do think that it's a little bit, I wouldn't say watered down, but like there's, there's been a lot of Google Doodles over the years and there hasn't been one that I really remember as, oh yeah, like remember this Google Doodle? Everyone remembers this Google Doodle, right? Like there's (laughs) not, there's not that one thing for me. So I'm just going to give it like a 4.0. I think overall, like it's a fun concept. I think it's cool to like teach people about this is what happened in today's history. I remember in middle and high school, like sometimes going to those websites, like today in history, this, 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 and this happened. Um, so it's kind of nice that you get one of those things curated for you. But yeah, overall, like kind of in the middle on this one. <laughs> yeah. So it's funny. I am going to rate it the exact same, a four flat for the exact same reasons mm-hmm. where it just feels like a piece of Google's product that you just expect now, but now it's kind of fading yeah. into the background where Right. I don't know if it's like super relevant, but you just kind of need to have it. Like if if the Google Doodle went away, I don't think anyone would, I mean, people would notice it and like there'd be some crazy blogger that was like demanding it. But like in general, like people would be okay and like wouldn't really notice it. But when you see it, you're just kind of like, oh, it's it's a Google Doodle. And That's to your point, yeah. It's, yeah, exactly. And you're like, oh, I didn't know the Olympics started, you know, it, it was just crazy because I feel like no one watched this year's Winter Olympics and the Olympics mm-hmm. have just seen horrendous ratings, but yeah, I, I totally agree with you. And it's it's also a four-star four, four star flat for me. And that's going to keep the average the same, Jeff, for, for you versus <laughs> me in, in, the, in the ratings. Awesome. Well, that was a lot of fun and super light uh, for our episodes. And, you know, really enjoyed talking about Google Doodle today. And we always love to hear from our audience. So, you know, please reach out to us. Definitely engage with us on Instagram and Twitter. You know, we love having conversations on Twitter, like our daily tweets that are going out and getting the engagement. We really appreciate it. And give us a share and follow. You can find us at ProdX Podcast. That's P-R-O-D-E-X Podcast.
yeah, hopefully you like the show and um, would love to subscribe. We're on all the major podcast platforms like Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, etc. Drop us a line. Let us know if there's anything else you want us to review product wise. And we'll see you next episode.